Welcome to Five Phases Health. Your hosts are Peyton Young and Christina Berea. Over the next hour, you'll hear from experts in the field on how you can achieve sustainable good health. And welcome to Five Phases Health Radio, your guided journey towards personal transformation and sustainable good health. We're here to help simplify health, wellness, and nutritional information, eliminating the guesswork and helping you to achieve radiant health. This is Peyton. And this is Christina. And thank you for joining us again this week. And if we have any new listeners, we definitely appreciate you uh, taking the time out to uh, listen to us banter on amongst ourselves about health and wellness things. Yep. We certainly appreciate our listeners. Thank you for joining our, our episode today. And if you're listening to a recorded, we appreciate you tuning in at your convenience and the Hope you're enjoying the information we're sharing so far. So what's on the schedule for today, Peyton? We're going to talk about the summer fire phase or summer fire element. Uh, that's the kind of on the same theme that we've been going the last several weeks. Yep. We're going to talk about this particular element, which is, we'll just call it fire. Um, it does relate to summer. Maybe I'll start off by reading a really cool um, quote. Um that was I'm not sure. Did you create the quote or did you? Um, no, I think it's through... a translation of the Chuangzu, which okay. is an old uh, Chinese text that belongs to Taoist canon. Awesome. Okay. So the supernatural forces of summer create heat and fire. They create the heart and the pulse within the body, the red color, the tongue, and the ability to express laughter. They create the bitter flavors and the emotions of happiness and joy. Fire refers to the light of the sun. To unify with summer, the classics suggest we express this expansion uh, and outward moving principle, growth, lightness, outward activity, brightness, and creativity, which I'm starting to do in some of the areas <laughs> that I've been working in here lately, yeah. starting to feel the, um, uh, the inklings of, of the wood and the spring element, which for me, I love to, uh, of course we live in the South, um, down, down South, very South, very South. So it's fairly warm and things grow around us <laughs> on a, on a pretty regular basis, even during the winter time. Yeah, so, it's tropical climate. So yep, yes. Yeah. So it always, it's very inspirational. Mm -hmm. We have this beautiful fiery red bougainvillea out, outside <laughs> that has decided to just blossom and become this beautiful, radiant thing. Really reminds me of the summertime and what fire Represents. feels like. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so um, just expanding for any of you who might be new listeners, and again, thank you for that, uh, Where we, what we're doing here is we're running through what the origin of our five phases um, health program is based on, which is based on partially, in some ways, um, we're overlaying it to the five element theory. And the five elements uh, coming from, from Asian principles are including uh, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. And so we started with water, which is the foundation of our body and our vitality. 
and we uh, walked into last week through the the wood element, which is a liver. And so now we're on discussing element number three in our series, which is uh, fire. And uh, and the relationship for for fire as an element is simply to describe a series of other internal and external relationships, which mimic the behavior of an actual fire. So let's start by putting our minds on visualizing just a, a fire pit or a log fire someplace. You know, it's, your, it's a fire pit outside. It can be, I don't know, it just make a fire in your mind somewhere, right? It's a, it's a nice fire. It's a friendly one. Like you would see in a campground that's welcoming, the kind that you would sit around with your friends and loved ones and share stories and some good food and enjoy the warmth and the pleasantness that fire brings to most of us. That, that representation of fire, that, that particular fire itself, its energy radiates heat in an outward direction. So that's why we sit around it. We can feel the heat, the warmth coming off of it, but it also radiates upward. So if you watch the embers and the smoke and the flames, they move upward. So the energetic motion of the fire element is exactly that up and expanding. So up and out the same way that you could, if you could just see the heat path and movement of your campfire, it's going to go up and expand out to the sides. And so that same action occurs internally and externally. So internally to us, the way to visualize it is, as you begin to get warm, let's say you're outside doing some activity or you start to get up and move around, you begin to elevate your body temperature and you begin to express symptoms of heat, which might include perspiration. They might include a red face and quicker activity because we tend to move faster when we're expressing that element. So these are all expressions of that upward and outward movement of the fire element. In the five uh, in the five, ele five element theory for medicine, fire relates to the heart organ. So um, as you can imagine, the relationship is quite natural. A lot of people, when we've been taught this relationship, don't find it too much of a struggle to make that, that connection between the heart or the, the heart and the heat of a bonfire, a campfire. So within ourselves, we say that the house or the, the root of the fire element lies within our heart, our heart organ, and therefore all of the relationships that we discussed about upward and out, about creating heat, and about connection to the external come from the source of the heart. And that in itself is a beautiful relationship. When our hearts are open, our metaphorical heart is open, then we are easy to create relationships with others. We're compassionate. We're loving. We seek the comfort and the warmth of people, places, and things that bring us joy and happiness. When our heart is not burning as warm, then we tend to retreat a little bit and come become more internal, a little more withdrawn, a little, a little less active, a little less inclined 
to share our happiness and our joy with other folks. So some uh, things that most people can correspond with too is I like the idea of joy and happiness because it's uh, it comes from inside and it moves outside and it, and especially if you have laughter um, and if you actually think about it, when you do laugh, it comes from that center place sure. inside of the body and it's a direct outward expression. The interesting thing is like a fire that sometimes um, a fire can burn out of control or if you add to your to your fire at your fire pit or, or a bonfire or something, you, you add things to it and it will light up and it will consume them burn brighter and burn brighter. The laughter, the joy, the happiness is very contagious. Sure. You walk into a room with a big smile on your face and you, you feel good. You feel that happiness. You feel that joy. And it's just contagious. The next thing you know, your laughter is joined by other people's laughter in the room. Um, and it and it then it moves around and it just lightens the mood and you can feel it. It's this um, happy, uh, like the flicker and flames that are dancing. The, mm -hmm. the room begins to dance as well. So that expansion and that rising that we're kind of looking at also has some connotations that move around uh, inside of the body. So we do know that this element, since it deals with the heart, also deals with the, the blood and the blood vessels inside the heart, uh, inside the body. So uh, we'll get into some exercise and things a little bit later, but the idea of, of uh, moving blood through the body um, and having uh, blood vessels and your basically your cardiopulmonary system uh, trained a little bit also is a function of this particular element. Yes, the heart is uh, physiologically the pump that circulates blood throughout the body. Without the heart pumping, there's no circulation of the blood. And so we absolutely depend on that particular relationship. And so you can, you can expect that if the heart itself, the heart organ is not functioning as well as it should for maybe lack of condition, because it is a muscle, right? So maybe we don't have a background of physical conditioning to keep the heart uh, optimal, or there is a obstruction or a disease of some sort that's, that's compromising the functionality of the heart, then we would expect that person to be somewhat more uh, internal, a little bit more contained, a little less active, a little less uh, sparky, I want to say, you know, sure. you know, jumping and things like that. Whereas on the, the same is true if there's an excess in the heart organ, let's say that it is has too much energy, right? Like there's burn. So a lot of fires too burning. vibrant. Yeah. When the heart area itself becomes too strong and too vibrant, then we have uh, symptoms and behaviors that fall along the lines of somebody who leads from the chest as an overpowering person. So somebody who maybe squares the shoulders back and pushes the center of the chest forward and leads with that. Uh, it, many people would perceive it as somewhat challenging and perhaps even confrontational when you see somebody behaving that because they're pushing in a behavior that we normally as humans interpret as, as a little bit aggressive. 
It could also be that it's too boisterous, right? It just doesn't know how to stop. It just keeps going, keeps going. And on the on the positive side, those symptoms could be similar to always being in a good mood, always laughing, a loud voice, always the center of attention, always commanding more, more attention to feed and stoke and keep that, that fire burning bright. In fact, uh, on, on some levels, they say the manic beha depressive behavior is people who go through extremes, ups and downs. One moment they're really busy and hyper and everything. Next minute they crash and they're uh, just need to lie down and you know catch their energy again and so on. This type of up and down and up and down behavior is a function of the water and the fire trying to balance each other. So water was in the kidneys, fire in the heart. Yeah. So I was going to say there's a complementary opposite to this particular one, which is the water uh, yeah. element, which we've already talked about um, and keeping them both um, imbalances uh, in a balanced state is very, very key. Um, so when you're kind of looking, um, the way we would use this is the descriptors that Christina just gave can be indicators of a, a healthy and, and balanced um, uh, uh, combination of these opposites, basically, or if it's out of balance. So then you could do things to bring it back into balance by kind of mimicking the water element, which is to take a moment, take a breath, bring yourself back in a little bit, um, very simply. Um, I think the biggest thing here, though, is to really gather from this particular element is that it's very much tied to um, your uh, driving force, your spirit, I guess we could say it mm -hmm. in that way. So it's that, it's that get up and go. It's that uh, you get up in the morning, you get up early, you're ready to go with the day you're, you're experiencing, you engage with life, you are participating and you are, are, on top of things might be a, another way to kind of look at it. Um, so, or being able to summon up your willpower to be able to do a particular task or an activity, very focused. Uh, those are all combinations of what that fire element kind of proposes. Because if you look into nature and that fire element, the summer, everything, especially uh, we live in a more tropical type environment, but everything is growing. Everything's expanding. Everything is, you almost think about the, um, the, the trees and the grasses and the, the vines. Uh, they just kind of take over. They, they just go, 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 growing and expanding. Sure. It's a, it's a expression of abundance which is the pinnacle of the fire element when we go through the relationship of what we talked about in the, in the water element in the winter season, there's the seed that's waiting to, to grow in the wood um, and spring season. Then that seed is growing straight up because it wants to become a big tree in the summer. That tree has reached maturity and it's offering the abundance of its shade, the fruit that it may or you know, may give, or the flowers, and so on. And so, in the summertime, we see uh, the the metaphor of the plant world is is that its fullest expression of blooming. So it's showing off 
how beautiful it is. This is who I am. This is the gift that I offer you. And I think that we can, uh, we typically try to keep things on the, on the physical side, on the tangible things here, but I think it's safe to say a lot of people are comfortable with the idea of our spirit or our spirituality or our faith coming from the area of the heart. And that is an alignment across a lot of cultures that they see the heart as the the seat of the soul, the seat of who we are. Everything comes from the heart. When we speak our truth, we come from the heart, right? When we when we take things in, we take them to heart. These are the expressions that we use in um, modern days to describe that. So, so I think it's a beautiful metaphor to talk about the heart, and then the rest- and unconditional love that comes from that. Just yes, that that, connect, that connection with other yeah. people community, everybody um, working together to accomplish a goal. Mm-hmm. That would be a, a prime example of sure. heart energy out there yep. uh, in the fire. Yeah. The heart connected. creates community. Yeah. The heart reaches out and wants to have connections to other people, places and things. Uh, one thing also um, you could probably look as well at um, this particular element too is the fact that it also kind of relates to, to order um, and uh, the idea that because everything is kind of expanding and, and going in a direction uh, that is growth, 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 or or showing the the, the things that um, like the the plant metaphor, the tree with its fruits and its shade and things like that, is one aspect of this that can really help an end of anyone is the idea of order. So getting everything uh, set up. Uh, we can think of it in the regular every day is that you plan maybe and you put things and you decide on what you're going to be intentional about exactly things. that way you put your effort and all your and your willpower um, in, in a direction that can accomplish those goals because everybody um, has to accomplish something during the day <laughs> whether it's at work or with relationships with partners um, and those kind of things. Sure. So it could also, from a very uh, simple way of looking at it, is put the things in order that matter the most to you. So that fuel your heart fire. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those, those things that that make you who you are and help you in life. Yeah. Those kind of things. So Absolutely. that's the way I like to look at it. That's great. All right. So I think we're going to take a quick break. Um, So please stay tuned and we will be back in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Five Faces Health is designed for anyone seeking optimal well-being. We simplify health, wellness, and nutrition information into simple steps to help you achieve radiant health. Our teachings merge ancient wisdom with modern science to reach the root of the problem and prevent common diseases. Each week, we explore topics around food, exercises, breathing, and mental inspiration. We believe that small changes on a daily basis lead to long-term, sustainable good health. Join us as we journey through medicine systems from around the world, including traditional Chinese medicine, allopathic medicine, herbal medicine, and various mind-body systems. Five Phases Health with Peyton Young and Christina Berea. Airs Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Five Phases Health with Peyton Young and Christina Berea. Have a question for Peyton, Christina, or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show with Peyton and Christina. And we're back. And um, I just want to say that if you've uh, continued to listen with us, thank you very much. And if you are a new listener, um, we definitely appreciate. We welcome you to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, in our previous segment, we talked a little bit about the fire element and uh, its characteristics of growth and expansion, rising, and that it is really unconditional love, joy, and happiness. Mm-hmm. That way we connect with other people. Mm-hmm. So at this segment, I think we're going to talk about some nutritional um, information. So uh, we'll look at basics of uh, healthy foods, uh, individual foods for this time of the season, um, and maybe even talk a little bit about a recipe or two, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure. So the heart being the important organ that it is, right? We know that this is the pump that circulates our blood through all of our blood vessels, our circulatory system. And so it's super important to keep that entire cardiovascular system as clean as possible. When our food is broken down upon eating it, it goes from the stomach into the small intestine and small intestine begins to absorb those nutrients. Small intestine is actually uh, paired with the heart in traditional Chinese medicine as it's complementary or corresponding organ. And we can get into that later, but But for now, let's just think about how the food that we take in arrives into our bloodstream. And it does that through the process of digestion, breaking down the nutrients, going through our small intestine, eventually into the large intestine. So what happens if we have really great, clean, healthy foods? Well, digestion is easy, absorption is easy, and the quality of the blood is relatively clear, right? So it's taking in these nutrients, it's not congested, everything is working great. But over time, let's just say that we develop habits that include excessive fats or foods that are hard to digest and process because they're they're highly uh, processed or they have synthetics, then it slows down our digestion and it makes that whole process of breaking down and absorbing much more difficult. And it feels heavy. Heavy. And you'll become a little bit sluggish. 
So that's a good indicator. Oh yeah. It's hard to get motivated. It's hard to, it's hard to, to get the energy to do an activity or to focus on something. For sure. Yeah. Today I had, um, today I had a, a lunch out and indulged in a pasta that had a little extra cheese on it because uh, the chef was feeling generous, I think. And it was really hard for me to say no, because this particular restaurant, this is like one of their specialties and it's a particular way they make it. That's very unique. And so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to have a little bit because I just love the flavor. Of it. I, I love say, the flavor. The taste. It's the taste yeah, that just really exactly. gets me. Right. But yeah. I know that I can't eat a full serving of whatever they give you at the restaurant because it's just too much. Sure enough. I had about a third of what was put on my plate. And about 10 minutes later, it, there came the carb crash and the slowness and the head droop and the idea of, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and so naps are always good. Though. Naps are always yeah. good. And so this, this type of learning about how the body functions is not just unique to me. This is, a, this is valuable information for everybody, right? There are foods that we are going to uh, take in that will have a different effect on each one of us, right? So somebody else might have had the same meal and been fine. They're like, yeah, I feel great. Somebody else would have been, maybe I'm gluten intolerant and or, or uh, having a reaction or celiac or something. Yeah, so they can't, exactly. they, they literally cannot even eat the yeah. food. Um, so foods will affect our physiology differently, but there's some general guidelines, which is where we're going to stay. We're going to go right down the middle of the general guidelines in our conversation about what foods are good for the heart. But I think it's probably easier for us to start with the conversation of which foods are not, not good, good for the heart. Because most of the time in modern society, our issue is not trying to figure out which ones are better for the heart, but it's like, okay, you need to cut this out of your diet. So this, this is, this really is a heart healthy, <laughs> heart diet. healthy. This is yeah, a heart so, healthy diet. Yeah. Okay. So what's in a heart healthy diet? Um, yeah. Whole foods, <laughs> whole foods, complex carbohydrates, greens, and a lot of greens yep. and healthy fats. And so your omegas are good, right? What is not good? What is it in a not heart healthy diet? I would say probably alcohol. Yep. Why? Maybe tobacco. Yep. And even though a little bit of caffeine in from say green tea, is actually a good thing, but also caffeine. So all these are, uh, they're diuretics. They are uh, blood drying. vessel drying. So they're constrictors. Mm -hmm. um, so, and they will, by, by nature, they'll elevate your heart rate. They'll elevate your blood pressure. Absolutely. Which is then putting a strain on the heart. Yep. Does that mean you rest, can't have a glass rest. of wine? No, it doesn't. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Yeah. yeah. So that's the key. Especially red wine has already been shown to be to be very the friendliest actually, of the, the wine, friendliest of them. The friendly yeah. in moderation. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the ones from Europe. So they they, they they don't they don't contain the uh the sulfites. The sulfites yes, and all the preservatives and yep. things. Yep. So yep. pasteurized. So yeah, and actually I'm just gonna take a little segue here on that subject. You know, the wine that was uh was traditionally consumed before it became mass produced and shipped all over the world and things like that was a much more watery wine. Yeah. Like what a table wine um, in Europe is not the same thing as a, 
like a strong Chianti here in modern day. So anyway, there's wines and there's wines and there's wines. So we need to, but we'll have the wine conversation another day. <laughs> uh, so plus it was probably much safer to drink wine than the water. Yeah. Well, that so was, that's that the was flip the biggest, side. that was the flip so, side the wines yeah. and the beers came around because <laughs> it wasn't safe to drink the water because right. the water was contaminated <laughs> with lots of things. Okay. So we digress um, back to what's healthy for the, what's not, not healthy. healthy for the yeah. heart. We're, so we're, we're working the from the, cut out. the things to avoid things to avoid are uh, you said alcohol, tobacco, caffeine, and now we're talking about trans fats. Okay. The ones that you can see and and uh, I'm blanking right now. It's the end of the day. I'm a little tired. Um, Soluble fat, the saturated fat. Saturated, thank you. The other, not okay. soluble, but, but saturated. Saturated, saturated fats. Blanking. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of dead air for just a second. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so saturated fats are the fats that you can see at room temperature. So these are like cheeses and butters and things like that, right? So they, when they're at room temperature, they don't become liquefied. They right. stay. They, they stay maintain, solid. They stay. They keep their form. Form. Yep. They keep their form. So when the body brings these in and digests them, they tend to accumulate and retain some of that form they're less easy to process so think of it this way the the food goes from the stomach into the small intestine it's somewhat broken down from the stomach to the small intestine it continues in the small intestine and now we have these uh little and, and the liver has an effect in correct there too. yep because the bile is coming in and helping to break down but the, we have these little villi these little um, tendrils and those that are have they're tasked with bringing in the nutrients that are good for the body and pushing Passing through the, the, the things that we don't not. need. Right? right. So if it was a big clunk of saturated fat, whatever, it's very difficult for the cells to absorb that fat and bring it into the bloodstream. So most of that will hopefully at the beginning just keep moving right on through. If we have enough fiber, right, in our diet that helps to push that through, because fiber is like the roto rooter. The fiber is the one that breaks it, brings <laughs> yes, it yes, pushes it everything yeah. through. If you don't have yeah. enough fiber, then mm. it's not moving through fast enough. But then think about like an olive oil. An olive oil, thin, viscous, it's liquefied and it it doesn't retain its shape and and so on. So when it's actually much easier to it's break easier down for the body to chain. break down yep. and to absorb into the bloodstream. So what happens when it goes into the bloodstream though? The same conversation. If it's thin and easy to work with, then the bloodstream will be able to push it through the different um, highways of the body. But if it's thick and viscous, then the body's going to struggle to move it through. And eventually what happens, that plaque which we call plaque. The little deposits of deposits the things that can't in different move areas. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll stop at the junctions and Correct. the, the junctions or yep. the, the valves, valves. And, right? Yep. And so on. And then now we have problems. So an overall arching great recommendation for people to have a healthy heart and healthy cardiovascular system is to stay away from those. But however, the problem is. In general, and we're going to stereotype here, our North American diet is full of this. We eat out. We have no visibility into what is being put into the ingredients of the food that we order from places like DoorDash or the restaurants that we go to. We don't know, right? We're not, we ask some questions, but we, we really don't have oversight as to what's there. And if it's coming from the grocery store and it's on a shelf, preserved and taken care of, then 
now we're looking at the trans fats and we're looking at preservatives and other things which may be triggers as well for for heart disease. So what are things that you can do to help the heart? Watery foods, all of your melons, watermelon, cantaloupe, honeydew, all the fruits, uh, mandarins, oranges, lemons, apple, I I mean, everything. Cucumbers. Cucumbers, Mm -hmm. lettuce, salad, romaine, kale, carrots, radishes, (laughs) chards. If, it, if it's a, a natural something or other and you can chop it up and put it into a salad with no dressing, it's probably okay. So let's let's actually put a little uh, caveat or we'll put a ring around the reason why we're talking about these lighter foods, these fruits, the vegetables, and we're trying to uh, limit the heavier foods such yeah. as meat, poultry, eggs, uh, and nuts, seeds, and grains, those kind of things. Because the idea here is, is that because it is summertime and it's hot and there there is heat during during this time frame these things require more effort and energy of the body to actually uh to digest and move through this through the system the issue is is that it's already hot it's yeah. already um you're already your body temperature has already been raised mm-hmm. so the idea here is that we want that opposite effect, just like we talked about in the segment before with the fire water balance. Mm-hmm. We want those watery, lighter foods, which can give us the nutrients that we need uh, to to function during the day. But what we're doing is we're helping to keep that fire in check and allow the body to, its natural, more ease of processing the foods that we need to survive and to live. So that's the kind of, that's the, that's the kind of gathering everything in. Whereas in the winter time, the, and your water cycle, it's cold. Um, of course that's relative to the, to, to where you live. If you live closer to the equator, it's not quite as cold, but I was going to say some of this area, will change right, based on your own personal, personal constitution, yeah. how your body already presents. It might change on the time of year it might change on uh, your own genetic predisposition and any type of blood existing type, blood type DNA works. disease yes. that you might yep. already have. And it may be something that you do based on your activity level, right? So somebody who's, let's just say, take a laborer who's out working in the, in burning a lot of calories, burning a lot of calories in the summer, their dietary um, requirements are going to be different than the person who's in the office in the air conditioning, working at a computer. That's just two different conversations. And so we need to be, the whole point is to learn where the balance lies and to identify. Yep. Recognize it so that you can then uh, implement these different uh, strategies. Correct. So that you maintain a nice, healthy, uh, balanced body. Yep. Which automatically makes your your mind and your um, activities that you do balanced as well. Fantastic. Well said. So we know then if we are in a heart excess where we have too much heat in the body, then we need to have foods that don't don't push too much heat, instead cool the body. So your watery foods, like I've said, the watermelon, your all the melons, the cantaloupes and the honeydews and so on, and your strawberries and so on, those are cooling. Mint herbs uh, will also cool the body. So, you know, uh, 
even though we don't like to do the the dairy too too much if you had to a yogurt is actually cooling for the body as well right so you could do that and of course ice water uh, ice cream and things like that are are, are good but trying to stay away from the dairy too, too well, much also you kind of want to look at it this way too anything that's super cold the body has to then expend more energy in order to heat it back up inside the body so a good tip is during those the, during the summer even though a nice iced tea or if you're from the the, the where i'm from iced sweet tea mm-hmm. which uh, you're from the south <laughs> i'm from the south um <laughs> would, would be exceptionally uh beneficial to your emotional and uh, well mental well-being um actually not excessively drinking super cold things and trying to stay more room temperature um actually is of much more benefit because it it matches what's being put into the digestive system so that it can be digested a little bit easier. Yeah, right. So we know that cold temperature causes things to slow down and to become contracted. So in the summertime, a little bit so of cool. So brain freeze, you stop thinking, <laughs> you get that. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, there's a balance. Again, we're going back to the whole idea of balance. If we're too hot, we're looking for the cool. If we're too cool, we're looking for a little bit of heat to to keep things in balance. If it's too trapped inside, we need to let it out. If it's too outside, we need to bring it back in a little bit. So we're looking for what is what does balance look like for each one of us? And if you don't know what balance looks like for you, I would invite each one of you who are listening to start to take some notes as to where you are today. How do you feel? What did you eat today and how did it make you feel? And or what's your activity level like? How do you feel? Are you active today or are you a little more slow today? It's like a little more couchy type today. And then look at your face in the mirror. Are you very pale or do you have a lot of flush in your cheeks, nose and forehead? Redness. Redness. Yeah. 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 Um, do Do you sweat easily? Or is it really hard for you? Or do you even avoid sweating? Sweating is super important during this <laughs> during this season. So that's well, sweating is always important. Well, it's always important because it pushes toxins through the skin. And sweating is important. It's a way for us to flush out um, and keep our skin healthy. We keep the body cool. Yes, that yeah. too. So that too. Yeah. So take note of where you are today and start to see where you what you where you trend. What things might you consider would be pushing you towards out of balance in one area or another? Like if you have seven cups of coffee during the day, that's going to generate excess heat. So maybe we want to start to uh, tone that down a little bit and reduce. And are we getting enough water to compensate for the diuretic nature of coffee and that drying heat generating quality of drinking coffee. Again, we're never saying that you can't have anything. We're just saying in moderation. So start to take note of those, of what your habits are and see if you can identify some places where you'd like to make a change to restore balance based on some of the conversations that we've had. We're going to stop here for a moment and come back. Thank you so much for tuning into this point and don't go away. Come back in about two minutes and we'll continue discussing a little bit more about the fire element, summer season, nutrition, and some exercises that you can do to strengthen the heart. See you in just a few minutes.
Be right back. Be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Resiliency is the human capacity to lean into individual and collective strengths with compassion and grit when faced with the challenges of lived experience. Join host Elaine Miller-Karras for Resiliency Within, a program of hope and healing designed to inspire you to integrate wellness into your life, your family, and your community. In challenging times, you'll want to tune in every week. Resiliency Within can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Five Phases Health with Peyton Young and Christina Berea. Have a question for Peyton, Christina, or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show with Peyton and Christina. Welcome back to Five Faces. Glad to have you back. This is Christina. And this is Peyton. We appreciate you tuning in for our final segment of our episode today, where we are discussing the fire element and the heart organ. In the previous segment, we talked a little bit about um, foods, nutrition, and um, your uh, things that are good, healthy choices during the summertime. So if you were in that segment, I'll recap really quickly. Eat a lot of lettuce, eat a lot of things, fruits and vegetables, um, and cut back on your your meats and um, uh, eggs nuts and things like that. I think that's pretty succinct. Whole food diet. Yep. Low in fats. So in this particular segment, we're going to talk about um, exercise and activity that you can do during this, um, particularly during this season to um, piggyback off of the season's heat and um, the uh, qualities uh, that are, that it kind of manifests during that during that season. So basically, I know we've talked about in the other episodes, aerobic activity, such as walking and running. And so again, these are all good activities to do. What you could do during this time frame, though, is monitor your heart rate and maybe even your blood pressure a little bit more closely so that you can see exactly where 
during your exercise periods um, and then also at rest, what are some of the changes? What, what are, wh what's happening during that, during those um, periods? Um, as far as exercise in general, what we'd like to do during this time, the summer element, the summer phase is to do activities that are maybe a little bit longer in nature that generate a lot more heat that allow your body to sweat that are challenging for you. So you could look at this um, from an exercise point of periodization. So you could use these phases or these seasons in a, in a very real sense to determine exactly what kind of activity that you would do. Um, so the best uh, basic uh, information uh, starting point would be exercise in the morning, exercise in the evening, exercise when you when it's cooler outside and not in the middle of the day. Oh, and if you're going to exercise, always make sure that you you've been checked out by the doctor and the doctor says you're good to go <laughs> during these. So. Um, yeah, so if you're doing exercise in the morning or in the evening, uh, things that maybe walking, starting off with walking is a great way to get the heart moving and to get circulation going. And we to increase the, the benefit for heart, we always want to exert it just a little bit more than what it is when we're sitting down, right? So we have our, our base heart rate and from there, we're going to try to raise the heart rate a little bit. Walking is a great way to do it safely. If you already have a base physical condition, then maybe you'll do this a little more aggressively. Maybe you'll go on a bike or maybe you'll do some jogging and so on. It's just based on where you start your activity. You'll go from there. So there'll be what you can do is then start to challenge yourself a little bit. Maybe during these time frames that you're exercising, you can add in some, uh, maybe some, if you're walking only, jog, add a little running to it uh, in segments. Just something to really boost uh, your your heart rate uh, and to get me, your metabolism um, a little bit of a shock as well. Uh, so are you is, saying that you don't need to jog for a long period of time? Nope. It can be as only like two, three, two, three minutes it can actually have incredible uh, benefits to the circulatory system and boost your metabolism. Mm -hmm. I think um, I hear you call it by um, it's in you call it uh, when we do this, you have a, a term for it. It's on um, your oh watch. my active minutes active minutes there we my go so active minutes that's when my heart rate is into the there's like a sedentary there's a moderate zone and then there's the more, active right yeah, and more. then there's a very intense and so on mode gotcha. so when and it's by percentages right so based on your there's calculations so it's like a twenty percent increase puts you into your aerobic zone and then if it's more than that and you hit your peak zone then you're really exerting, you're at your maximum heart rate and so on, which is not what we're trying to recommend. No, not here. But I'm just saying that there's these these percentage zones that you can go into that just, you don't have to spend a lot of time in there, but just a little bit of time here and there really does great things for your overall constitution. And these are also challenging things too, because if you're, let's just say that you're used to walking, but you're not really used to jogging or maybe even carrying some weight, 
So it could be hand weights. It could be a weight vest. It could be a backpack. It could be um, maybe uh, your small dog went to walk with you and uh, decides that they don't want to walk anymore. So they lay down next to the street (laughs) and you got to pick the dog up and carry it back. So these are, you know, you're adding a little bit more strenuous activity that requires a little bit more focus. Uh, The body is going to be working a little bit harder. So your muscles may start to ache a little bit. Um, You may get some um, interesting feelings in the, in the joints of the body too, because you're not used to the, if you're jogging. How would you know if you're overexerting? Oh, it'd be really, really, really sharp pains if we're looking at it as the, in the joints. Um, or if you're breathing really, really heavily, mm-hmm. like you can't have um, a conversation, like you can't talk, you're into the point that you're gasping for breath, even. Mm-hmm. Um, that's too much. That's too much. So we'd want to back that back off, yeah. which is why it's a good uh, rule of thumb to just add in these two at minimum, at least two minutes of some sort of strenuous activity. But this metabolic can I can I piggyback on that yeah, a second? Go for it. Metabolically, there's actually science behind that two minute mark, right? So in the first 30 seconds of activity, when we're a little bit uh, doing more than what we do in our base state, we're burning through the reserves on an aerobic um anaerobic level. First 30 seconds, we're burning our stored reserves that are readily accessible. After 30 seconds, we start moving into a different stage of metabolism that burns a different area of energy. So it moves from uh, readily available, like a liver type um, carbohydrates and things like that mm-hmm. into now recruiting and converting fats yep. and carbohydrates yep. being recruited to, to burn right. uh, through the rest of the body. Right. And then after two minutes, we've already exhausted all of that. And now we're going into our aerobic state of exercise where we're, doing an active exchange of energy fuel sources stored in the different cellular areas of the body and the mitochondria are working really hard to produce the oxygen and to, to go through all of the stages. So you have a 30 second, a two minute, and then a 30 minute marker. So if, if somebody's starting exercise for the first time, maybe start with the 30 second marker, right? The first time I'm, I've never done exercise before, or I've, it's been a really long time. Let me do something for 30 seconds and then I'm going to stop. And that could be something as simple as walking in place. It could be yep. doing um, uh, assisted air squats, uh, sure. just lifting a weight, lifting a weight. Yep. Um, it could be um, some sort know. of like uh, it could be yoga. kickboxing, it could be, it could yoga. be yoga, stretching, could, whatever. Yeah. 30 yeah. seconds, start with 30 seconds, take a break. And if 30 Jump seconds, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, thinking of the, the things that people could do really easily. If yeah. 30 seconds is not enough to exhaust you or not exhaust you, but to tire you and you feel like, oh, I still have plenty of energy, go for another 30 seconds and work your way up to two minutes, right? So for example, when a person who's wanting to jog again for the first time after a long period of time of not running, should they go out and say, I'm going to go run a mile today? No. I would probably not do I that. I would say no. Yeah. Because we know that's going to be if you're healthy and conditioned, a mile is five to seven minutes, right? When you're an athlete, if you're not an athlete, jogging a mile is about 15 to 18 minutes. So we already know with the 30 minute, second, two minute, 30 minute rule, it's too much. So can we say, I'm going to accomplish a mile in total, but I'm going to walk, run, walk, run, walk, run, and, and do intervals 
up to my capacity and then walk a little bit and then jog maybe 200 uh, feet and then change. Yeah, that's perfectly acceptable. And and the idea here too is that you're you're adding on this a little bit more of a stressful load to the body, which Correct. makes the makes you mentally have to focus. Mm-hmm. You have to start to dig down and find that um, inspiration and that that drive, that willpower to then express this activity out into the body, out into the world. Yeah, which is the movement of fire. Mm-hmm. It's rising and expanding. So the mental benefits from doing these kind of things are exponential because all of a sudden now things that you have to deal with in your normal everyday uh, activities become a little easier because you just did something that was very strenuous and hard and you were successful at it yeah. and you pushed yourself. Sure. And you have to remember that the body is going through change, even if we can't see it change is happening on a cellular level. And it's that micro to macro that takes time for us to be able to observe. The change happens on the microscopic level first at the molecular level before you can actually see it in the bigger tissues and the bigger areas of the body. So it's not realistic to expect that the belly is going to reduce by two inches in one week if we've just started exercise. It's going to take time, but change is happening on a cellular level. The body is growing and adapting to be able to sustain this new activity, this new load that you mentioned that's coming on. And we have to give it time to be able to um, collectively through all the areas of the body become stronger. So structurally. So that means that your um, the muscles and the tendons and the the ligaments and the cushioning inside the joints have to become used to this activity so that the support to the load so that you, they can support and uh, may uh, give you that um, the, the be able to maintain these exercise loads that you're going to put on yourself. Muscle fibers have to become stronger. They have to be able to react quicker uh, the tendon fibers have to become stronger and more resilient. Maybe so you to- recruit them. Uh, the, the more you do it, then the more those muscle fibers and uh, that uh, your neuromuscular system is mm-hmm. recruited in order to make these things happen. So you become, you have better balance. Neurologically, you're creating new pathways. New pathways. Yep. In the and cardiovascular, creating new little capillaries and blood routes and so on. So the body's busy working. Even though we look in the mirror and we go, I don't see any change. Nothing's happening. No, no, no. Change is definitely happening. (laughs) And you should feel better. And you should begin. How much time before we start to feel like things are changing? About two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks. Two weeks. That's about about the time frame. Yep. It happens. So with all that being said. I think uh, I think we're reaching the the end of the show. Um, so it's been great. Yeah, it's been really good. And probably I tell you what, let's leave the listeners with some a little bit of homework, maybe something that they could do. And I liked your idea of starting to write down. What was it that you said earlier? Just write track down. what you're doing and how you feel yeah. to find balance, yeah. and maybe even your foods. Yes. So you could you could track those as well. And your activity level. Yeah. And there's, if, app, there's an app for that. Well, there's an app for just about everything. Everything. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you again for um, tuning in with us and uh, listening us banter about uh, these different elements and food and exercise. 
Thank you so much for listening in to Five Phases. Really appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any recommendations or topics you'd like to hear us discuss, please reach out to us uh, in Voice America, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can also find us on Facebook, too, uh, Five Phases Health, and you can um, peruse. We have a little bit of information there, but you can submit a message, and we'll respond back to it, um, or you can send a message directly into if you didn't want it to be public as well. Join us next week for the Earth Element. We will talk to you then. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Five Phases Health. We hope we've given you some tips to improve your health habits. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.